Recently, we spent five weeks in Sedona, the longest duration ever. And the transformation we experienced was super, super powerful and intense, and yet not unique to Sedona. It was a period of acceleration that I'm sure a lot of you can relate with and are probably going through in your own life, in your own way, right now. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Victor here. It's good to be back with another episode for the Awaken Life podcast. I'm here also with my lovely wife, Patty. Hello. And today we're going to talk about not just a rendition of our stay in Sedona for the sake of us talking about ourselves. Only We're only doing this topic because there are so many elements to our recent experience that, are, that parallel the fundamental transformation experience you're all going through right now. It was just sort of a highlighted version of that. And we're going to talk about many elements of this process, including relationship issues, setting boundaries, and also what it's like just to go through a period of acceleration with your own growth, where you're being stretched so much outside of your comfort zone. It can be very... um, it can just be very daunting, very overwhelming, very exhausting. And this is something we we experienced. And then we're going to talk about also what it's like when you're going through a lot of life changes all at once. And as much as you want to know how it's going to end and how it's going to turn out, you just don't. And you're kind of forced to go with the flow. So all these things and more we experienced in Sedona. And they're just, again, part and parcel to the transformation you're all going through. So we're going to go ahead and dive into that right now. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is just sort of what it is like to go through a period of acceleration within your awakening. And that's exactly what the city of Sedona tends to catalyze for most people. It's an accelerated, higher vibrational frequency that you're, in a sense, immersed in. And all what that really does is it highlights your own darkness. It magnifies Mm -hmm. and helps you more quickly play out your unresolved issues in a a fairly intense and synchronistic way. So the experience of that is valuable to basically have a brighter light shined upon the things that you would be benefit from letting go of. But the experience of it, it, again, it can be very overwhelming and just seem like the word relentless came to me many times when we were there. Remember that? Yeah. Is that kind of how you felt in Sedona at times? My experience was a little bit different than yours um, in the beginning. Um, you think you're something special? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just better than you. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it was different in the beginning. And part of it, I think, is because you were doing so much work that it's not the universe sort of like allows for us to not have to go through deep, deep work at the same time. So I think that was part of it, but I also had a lot of things that I was doing at the time that helped move the energy through. Um, because it, and it was intense for me at times, but I just, I was very actively doing things that move the energy in my body. So that's good. And then there was kind of a build up at the end. We yeah, won't get into all that, but you had you like a huge good, sort of was... thing at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. 
but but yeah, it can work that way. But yeah, but but generally speaking, the experience of that again is it's just sort of an overwhelming thing that we've gone through many different times yeah. of our life. You don't have to be in Sedona. It's just there are times where your soul knows you're ready to go through a lot of changes all yeah. at once. Maybe it's important that you you really start to let go of some of these things and make some positive changes that you've been putting off. And when it's time to put the pedal to the metal, life will kind of put you in what can feel like a pressure cooker yeah. of transformation where you you just like you feel like you must resolve whatever it is going on in yourself in your life those old energies old habits they start to drive you bananas keep yeah. you up at night play out in your life to your own detriment and it's like i need to fix this but when there's so many things going on simultaneously you have like your life circumstance you have your emotions you have your obligations and all of them are affected it plays out in all areas and it can just feel just very daunting like man this is freaking relentless yeah i um i do love that you made it a point to say you don't have to be in Sedona to experience that. No. Um, because we experienced it in Michigan. I have um, a, a dear friend who I was actually talking to shortly before this who is going through that exact thing and she does not live in Sedona and I'm pretty sure she still hasn't even been to Sedona um, at this point. So it, it really doesn't matter where you're at because when you're supposed to go through this really deep clearing and uh, make big changes and do like a, like big, have big shifts happening in your life, there's this like sense of urgency, you know, which yeah. is why it feels relentless. It's like, because it's like, well, I need to know what's happening right now, you know, because I know something's going to happen. And it's like, the universe doesn't really work that way. I love the analogy that you always use when you're like walking in a cave and you have a flashlight and you can only see, or a candle, yeah. you know, and you can only see the first steps in front of you and then everything else is pitch black. And that's um, like a really beautiful reminder that that's the way the universe works. So even when there is a sense of urgency, that's like, like, Oh God, I need to figure this out. I need to know what I'm going to do. It's really important to be in a state of allowing Mm -hmm. And just say, yes, this feels urgent and I allow this urgency to come into my field, but know that like you always know what you know, need to know when you need to know it, Yeah, you know, and, um, I find that to be super helpful when you're feeling this sense of urgency of like figuring out what the next step is. Yeah. And, and it can be like a twofold thing. On one hand, a lot of times when you're going through these accelerated periods, you have a lot going on emotionally, a uh -huh. lot of things coming up that are really just like begging for you to address and release. But then simultaneously, you have like the life changes. Like for us, we were in Sedona and we like we had like the sense that like we just have noticed over the past year, we've just been spending more and more time in Sedona and it's starting to feel more and more like home. But, you know, I, I sort of made the decision a while ago that I'm not going to move the family again mm -hmm. because of my children. I, I don't feel it's best for them. I want them to have a sense of roots. Um, but then we sort of justified it <laughs> by saying, we'll just get a, we'll get like a, a second home, a place that we can eventually rent out and we can go to at times. Um, so, and we also just felt like, to sort of experience the whole quarantine and all the kind of things going on in the world, it might be wise for us to be in Sedona at this time. We feel kind of called there. So anyway, we decided we're gonna we're gonna look for houses, and then that whole process of uncertainty and trying to find the right one, and it was very very stressful. And we just wanted to know. We wanted to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, he says we, but he means him. 
But uh, but it, <laughs> but like the analogy Patty gave, it's it's tough because it's it's like yeah, like you're in a dark cave with a little candle, and you can only see a little bit ahead of you, and you you love to see what's up ahead. But it's almost like in this analogy, you're in the cave with the candle, but you're feeling intense emotions and imbalance uh-huh. and, and like emotional instability and, and anxiety so it's just like the candle shaking you want to know what the heck's up ahead and you're going through stuff internally it's like ah yeah right yeah and this is going to lead us into what we're going to say in a minute here um so it was so it really was intense and extremely humbling for uh-huh. me in any way because i was like like I'm this spiritual dude, you know, I, I talk on YouTube, but I was like brought to my knees emotionally <laughs> yeah. on like countless occasions in Sedona. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I'm like, I need to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. There were many times where I literally packed, not one, there's one time where I woke up and packed my bags yeah. and I was just going to leave to get a break from the energy. Um, and this kind of leads us into a conversation that's going to give a nice piece of advice for anyone that relates to anything we're talking about. It's a conversation we had with our good friend, Bridget Nielsen. She's a fellow influencer. She actually lives in Sedona, which having been there for five weeks has earned me a whole new level of respect for her. <laughs> it's like you got to be a spiritual freaking warrior to really live there and not go crazy. Honestly, it's a, it's a very powerful place. Um, but anyway, she explained to me that it took her a very long time to acclimate to that sort of vibration. Yeah. And then a way she sort of strategized was she would leave Sedona weekly for a full day. Yeah, and so then, every seven to 10 days, she said that like, she would leave for the day yes. and go to Flagstaff or go, you know, like somewhere that's like an hour or so outside of Sedona just to get reprieved from the intense Sedona energy. Yeah, and then like once a month or once a quarter, she said she'd go away for a week or go away for like a few days. Yeah. And she said that that was a way that helped her. And she even explained like when she would leave after those periods of being in Sedona for a while, she, she described it like she could almost feel when she laid down at night to go to bed, almost like the energy kind of uncoil from uh-huh. her, like almost like it, the energy is so intense. It gets you like, just, it like gets in your system where mm-hmm. it's just like almost like Kundalini energy in mm-hmm. a way, yeah. but then it sort of like, like releases. And then you're like, ah, and you have space and like a buffer where you can start to address some of the things kicked up mm-hmm. in a much more manageable yeah. and stable way. It allows for your physical body to integrate the intense Sedona energy. And your psyche and, your, and your, everything. Yeah, when your physical body is is um, integrating, then you can mentally and emotionally integrate all of the other stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so the point of us highlighting this little story is that we've learned over the years it's not only okay, but wise to self-pace there's no need to try to race to enlightenment and if you do you'll you'll burn out you'll you'll pop your tires you'll fizzle out you'll be on the side of the road miserable Mm -hmm. um we've learned that i've learned that the hard way i've gone through periods or about a decade ago when you're living in florida where i was trying to become enlightened really quickly Mm -hmm. but i was doing like the raw vegan diet Meditating. meditating sun gazing we are basically shielded from normal society i wasn't mm-hmm. working neither was and i yeah. i became this really skinny very detached from reality weird sounding <laughs> ungrounded mess and i was miserable it wasn't even like okay people saw me that way i became like very discontent constantly riddled with my own anxieties because i was just trying to go too fast in a bullheaded manner so now we, that was something that we learned again going again going into Sedona. It would have benefited me had I left a couple times, honestly, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. I really would have had a much smoother transformation and probably not even lost time. I probably would have gotten to the result 
just as quickly, if not faster. Mm-hmm. So my friends, if this is you and you can relate and you have that sort of bullheaded type A mentality like I do, um, just know that, that it's, it's okay. It's okay to back off and, and like take a day where you're not so focused on your spirituality and you just sort of eat some heavy foods and watch Netflix and sort of zone out from life a little bit or whatever it is for you that grounds you and gives yourself a sense of reprieve. It's it's okay. We all do it. I do it now. Bridget does it. You know, all the people you guys probably look up to on YouTube. We, it's a it's a necessary thing. Yeah. You know, you have to really ground into whatever it is that you're healing. Yeah. You know, you have to because otherwise, then you're not really doing the full potential of the healing itself. Yeah. You know, you're not really doing that. You have to really integrate what is going on and really ground that into your being yeah and man it like we've been back in vegas for over a week now and it's been perfect we could totally tell coming back to vegas that we're we're heading into a much lower vibrational vicinity yeah like we can almost feel more sensitive to the indulgent sort of undertone of las vegas even though we're pretty far away from the strip and close to the mountains i used to think that we were in a really good vibe and we are compared to Mm -hmm. other places i've been yeah but compared to sedona which is sort of an anomaly of vibrationally speaking its own little bubble yeah bubble (laughs) but anyway coming back like our our sleep is good and more like like more more specifically spiritually i felt like i was really able to get a handle on all the things that sedona was showing me and that's what happens when you take time to self-pace. It gives you it gives you time and it gives you space to where you don't feel so overwhelmed. And then you can uh, really sort through all your issues in a much more comfortable way. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it literally felt there's been times over the past week where I've just sort of been sitting with my emotions. And it, it really has almost felt like a... Like a <laughs> like a releasing if you ever use a pressure cooker and you like release it or an instapot or i I use a pressure i used to grow mushrooms so i'd I'd use pressure cookers to sterilize things and whenever you like turn the release the pressure it's like yeah and then ah, i can feel that but if but if you never do that you're always in the freaking pressure cooker yeah i remember remember bridget talked about her dad that one time where she was like she there she was but her dad lives there too and she was like dad i'm getting out of here man he's like i need i need a break and he's like oh whatever i'm gonna stick it out and she was like i think you need a break too dad i can see it in you and he's uh-huh. like no 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 and she went away for a couple of days and came back and felt like awesome uh-huh. and she said she came back and just it was funny he had to be there the way she described her dad was just like all oh, like like uptight and kind of jerky yeah. like 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 dad bro go yeah, <laughs> take a break man out. you need it yeah. so again it's it, uh it's something we learn the hard way that it's it's smart to self-pace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But we've sort of gone. We can move on well, unless you had something else to add new. Well, I mean, the way that I like to look at it is if you're reading a book that has a lot of information, for me personally, if I'm reading like a chapter that is just filled with like massive amounts of like different knowledgeable information type things. I will not go on to the next chapter until I feel like I was able to process that because then you're just doing, it's information overload. And that's the same thing when you're healing and you're processing things and you're energetically like vibrating at a higher frequency or whatever you want to like define it in your mind as what you're doing, you know, you do have to like give yourself a little break and allow for it to to come into your being in the most 
um, gentle way possible because otherwise it's just too much. You know, that's why I think, um, a lot of people have, um, like in really intense ascension symptoms because it's so much for their body. It's so much for them energetically. And they're like, well, if I meditate for an hour a day, that'll help. But sometimes that's not the best thing to do. Exactly. Like that's why I don't meditate very often because instead of grounding me, which is what it does for most people, it actually brings me more outside of my body. So I learned that I can get into the meditative state if I do other things And that's more helpful to me personally than sitting and meditating. Because when I come out of a meditation after 20 minutes, I'm like totally foggy and ungrounded and I just can't, I'm like irritable and I can't even think straight. Yeah. That's how it used to be for me as well. After I had my Kundalini awakening, I couldn't really do yoga, uh, all that stuff. It just sort of accelerated the energy within me that was already in a surplus mm-hmm. and, and sort of over overly abundant and it right. may be even more ungrounded more unbalanced more mm-hmm. more irritable so yeah sometimes like self-pacing it's not really anything spiritual i do find it is going off and being in a quiet space to be helpful like just going into nature yeah and just sitting that's my being. like that's my favorite go-to for integration and grounding and i mean obviously like i love the plants and like that's like my life part of my a major part of my life and um so there's that aspect to it for me personally but um i just find that being in nature and and being quiet and just sitting and you know in sedona they had there's a creek and we would go to the creek almost every day and that was my time to like sit and sort of be and like watch the kids play in the creek and just look at the beautiful trees around and just like really like get into a state of gratitude and allowance and allowance. Yeah. Like it's easy for me to get into a state of gratitude when I can look at something beautiful in nature and say like, wow, I get to be in this space, even if it's the forest yeah. or even if like we used to go to a cemetery cause we lived in kind of a city type area, yeah, in you know, in Michigan and we'd go to a cemetery and we'd see deer. And I saw a Fox there one time we'd see squirrels and there bunnies. There was a little and, pond. Yeah. There was like a little pond and it. And even though it was a cemetery, it was by far the most peaceful place in the whole city that we lived in, yep. you know, and it, you can find that type of nature just about anywhere that you are yeah. to give you that grounding sense of peace and one last little practical tip something i actually would do in sedona um this last five weeks i would almost every day most days i would take a nap sort of i would like i would Mm -hmm. have the kids do rest time Mm -hmm. let them wind down and i would join them and i would literally put in earplugs and just lay on the couch and let myself kind of drift off to sleep a little bit. I just lay there. I wasn't meditating. I just like set a timer for like 20 minutes. I just laid there and like got into a state of allowance and rest. And that made a huge difference. Every time I would come out of that feeling more clear, mm-hmm. more ready, more like ready to engage with life. So yeah. little things like that I find are very valuable. But you guys got the idea. So we do want to sort of highlight one powerful aspect of this that I think deserves its own um, recognition and that's like relationship issues that can come up during these big periods of changes Mm -hmm. and they can be very multifaceted which they were for us Mm -hmm. Um, like for patty and i um it's almost like life was unfolding for us perfectly to trigger within one another or me maybe me mostly (laughs) (laughs) um just 
old issues of like insecurity, inadequacy for us, different issues, of course, for each person, but life was unfolding in such a way that was just really stretching me Mm -hmm. into a, where I was almost like being forced to let go and to trust up more and, and like face those early, like those wounds of my high school girlfriends, that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but that can be very challenging when you have all this other stuff going on. Another thing that came up for Patty and I were at least maybe, maybe not you, but me was like finding a way to have balance within my other relationships, like friendships, because in Sedona, there's, we have a lot of friends, more friends there than anywhere else in the world as far as like numbers. And, and when we, whenever we go there, we, everybody wants to see us. We want to see them. So I always tend to overextend myself, overbook myself mm-hmm. where it's just, I get, I, I, I am like very empathic and I get this way even at my retreats where I just need to not be social for a little while. I just need to go and chill and rest for an hour or something. Um, and I was getting like that so much in Sedona, but I felt like morally, like almost like obligated. Oh, I haven't seen this person yet. I should see them. I haven't seen this this yeah. couple. We should go out with them and we haven't seen them yet. And then, but but that mentality got me to the point where we are with people, but I was like not even having a good time. I was feeling just burnt out and just like, just burnt out. Yeah. And And it got to a point where like, I remember I was with like a group of friends all day I met up with you and your friend to the creek like right after that. And then my buddies left and then like other friends came up and we Mm -hmm. talked with them. Mm -hmm. And at that point I knew like I should go back to the car and just leave. I'm feeling it. But I didn't. So I sat and talked for a while. And then on the way back, we ran into a huge crowd of people that we knew. And at that moment, I took Sebastian's hand. I was like, we're just going to the car. I I literally (laughs) ignored everybody. I didn't look at them. I just freaking walked to the car. And it probably looked rude, but it was more like I couldn't do it anymore. And that was an experience that showed me like you need to, and it's okay to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like not your obligation to overextend yourself to the point of exhaustion. Yeah. Um, so it was more like, so then coming up, it would be like, hey, Vic, let's, we're doing this. And I would, if I didn't feel like it, I would say, well, I'm not going to come or something. You know, I, would, I would just set that boundary. I would say, no, no, I'm cool. I'll see you guys later. Um, and I just, I had to really find balance that. So these are just my own personal examples. Yeah. I'm going off too deeply into, I, I feel. But the point is, it's just, that's part of it. And, and sometimes life will unfold in a perfect way that sort of makes you see. And then to your own benefit, address these relationship issues. Mm-hmm. Right? You yeah. want to add to that or is not really pertain to you that much? Um, I'm pretty extroverted. So I don't mind seeing people. But when I need my time... I need my time. But the big difference I feel is um, when I need my time, I'm pretty good about saying like, nope, I need my time right now. Um, and I could I could feel it like being back in Vegas. I didn't really, I hadn't really been taking my time for myself. And um, I could feel that, the difference between, you know, like, normal waking life and and being okay and then needing my time and not getting it so um so yeah I'm usually pretty good about that so for me that was not really an issue um as far as like setting boundaries because with that I've been pretty good about taking care of that piece but um but yeah, so I don't but yeah, really have much to add. Yeah, I was more just talking about just the fundamental circumstance of 
when you're going through an acceleration, right. relationship stuff can come up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of the, like some of these things that come up for us, I think we just need to allow to sort of process out of our system. But I right. find with relationship stuff, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, it's like the key to releasing and healing is changing, making mm-hmm. changes, making new choices, yeah. setting boundaries if need be, cutting a relationship if need be. Yeah. Those or, kind of or things. Or even just saying like, like if you're in a relationship and your needs aren't getting met, you know, making a point to say like, I need this to feel emotionally fulfilled and yeah. just taking a stance to say something that you need from your partner and, um, you know, whether or not they're open to that, that's something else entirely. But, but, you know, being honest with yourself about what you need and what you want, and then just saying like, t- like, no, there's nothing wrong with asking for what you need or what you want. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of us, um, especially I find like parents have this issue more so than like, um, people that don't have kids because there's like that sense of like guilt when you do things for yourself as a parent, you know, that, that we, a lot of us have. Um, but it can be more challenging for some to ask and say like, Hey, I need this mm-hmm. or I'm going to take 10 minutes for myself or I'm going to take an hour a day or whatever it is that you need to do. You know, don't be afraid to ask for that or, or demand it depending on where you're at, you know, yeah. because sometimes I will ask for it or I'll say like, I need this. And sometimes I'll be like, I'm leaving right this second to go take my time because if I don't, I'm going to lose my shit, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I can tell when I'm at that threshold of like, yeah i'm about to we can tell as well yeah yeah yeah. i mean just you can you can feel it in your physical body so um but yeah so yeah just know it's it's okay to ask for what you need or what you want and if it's just time then that's yeah yeah so i would say one last thing we can talk about it's kind of a fun one it's i find oftentimes one of the byproducts of these accelerations is just rapid spiritual growth, like a deeper connection with your higher self, a deeper uh, awareness, a keener awareness of like the other side and the magic that exists in oh, life, our own God. divinity. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll, I'll share an example. I was debating, but I but I had like these dreams and this is not something that normally happens to me, but it was really fascinating to me. I was having these dreams where one of my best friends from high school's father came into the dream like multiple times and it was very clear very like lucid almost Mm -hmm. and i would always wake up knowing that i should reach out to him so i finally did and it's 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 like his dad had a message for me he just passed away and he wanted to like say some things that i conveyed over to my friend but i felt weird because i knew my buddy would probably not i really was Careful well, you with my even words. Talked to him in a, in a, quite a while. We've been playing phone tag, so he's receptive. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, it was just a really. It felt it felt so right. I just knew, I just knew it was real. I knew it was his dad. I knew he want. I knew exactly what he wanted to say to his son. And I mm-hmm. was like, okay, as weird as this might be for my buddy, I'm just gonna freaking tell him. And mm-hmm. I did. It felt really. It felt appropriate. But anyway, little cool things like that can can very well. Um, happen like you really can tap into the magic of like did any of that happen for you in sedona this period or no oh yeah 
um, the longer we were there, especially because, um, I, I drank medicine when I was there. So, um, that also allows for you to be more open, um, psychically, but me, you and Aaron went to the Creek that one, you know, right the day before we left. And, you know, my intuitive hits were like on point and, and they were even still, you know, after that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, when you are, when you open up and you release things and you allow for things to come in and, and go out and heal, you know, it does, it raises your vibration to a degree of, um, magic that you can not really, that you don't expect. Like I've always been intuitive and I've always had hits, but when you were telling me about, you know, your friend's dad that came to you and I was like, I was like, you got to call, you got to tell him, you know, like you got to tell him. I was like, I felt it very intensely, like what was coming in. Yeah. And I told you and you're like, that's what I was feeling too. And, and I had, um, a conversation with another friend of mine who she was concerned about like a specific situation. And I, I just got this knowing of like, it's not even going to be a, an issue. Like you're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You don't even have to worry about it. Cause she came to me for some advice and mm-hmm. you know, and she texted me like a couple days later and was like, yeah, you were right. You're, <laughs> you're right. And then she made a little joke, but yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely experienced that open communication. Yeah, I feel like you were start, a lot of us were starting to kind of wake up in a very grounded and real way. Like we're waking up to our multi-dimension, like our multi-dimensional nature. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, it might be a new intrigue about extraterrestrials. A lot of us have ET connections, mm-hmm. or it could be just with the spirit world of any sort, whether it's angels or fairies or leprechauns or whatever it is. <laughs> Our dream, your dreams might be more clear, more like symbolic, mm-hmm. more like more like uh, there's messages contained within them. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. One of the things I try to do though, because I find myself in the past and a lot of people tend to kind of run off with these like side effects, these spiritual side effects of like the deep transformation. And in the past, I would like focus only on that, uh, on like learning how to lucid dream and learning how to do this. And what does this ET race mean? Why are they connecting to me? And I find like that can very easily become where you get really detached from reality and detached from the the work you're doing. Again, the emotional work, the, the, the stuff that's showing up for you in your face in life. So my approach, and it's not the right approach, my approach is to try to like be as like humble and grounded and not to focus on these these spiritual yeah. psychic-y type of side effects, which will come and go and, and flux. Right, yeah, exactly. And, and sort of as they naturally do. But I see them again as side effects of the work we're doing mm-hmm. rather than like the work itself. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. It's still cool though. It's still really beautiful and fascinating to, to experience. It's a blessing, but that's just my, my perspective. Yeah. And I'm always very careful to like, I've been getting my like intuitive abilities have been, been heightening slowly for the past few years. And, um, I'm always very careful when I get like intuitive hits on, on certain things for other people. Me too. You know, that's why I ignored like six dreams because I was like, I'm not, I just was waited, waited till I was certain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, 
because it's not our job, even if we have these intuitive hits that are knowings, you know, like I know that this is right to say, sometimes that person might not be ready to hear that. And it's not always helpful. So I'm always very careful when I get intuitive nudges for other people. For sure. You like know? what happened this time, it doesn't happen very often for me. No. I used to think it would happen and I would I would do I would do the opposite of what you were saying. And I would always I could always tell when I was out of place in saying that just by the person's reaction. It would just be ineffective. Mm-hmm. They would they would look at me kind of funny or it just wouldn't sink in mm-hmm. or I would feel like a tightness in my body when I was saying it like I was saying it for my own ego right. gratification of being the guy who transmitted the spiritual message. Yeah. But some Sometimes it can happen. I don't, yeah. You know, it, once in a great while, I'd yeah. say. Well, and for me, what I like to do is I like to ask questions. Yes. Because um, when we were at the creek with Aaron and you were like talking about your dreams and things like that, I felt Aaron's grandfather very intensely, his presence. Yeah. And I could feel his energy. And I so I started asking Aaron, like, was your what was your grandpa like? You know, like, what did he look like? And I, you know, I was like, did he have white hair? And did he look like this? And, you know, like, so I started asking him questions because, um, I was getting these really intense nudges and like these like downloads of like how his grandpa is and, you know, and, um, and for me, I was just asking questions mostly for confirmation. So that, because the more confirmation that you have, the more you can trust that. And then also the more you can use it to, to benefit others, you know, and then you'll have more of a sense of knowing when it's appropriate to reach out to someone and when it's not appropriate, you know? So, um, so even though my intuition is, is pretty strong, I still allow for it to come in very clear, more clearly. And, um, uh, I have a, a, I don't know, she's kind of a teacher, but she's someone that I learned from. Um, her name's Heather Ash, and she says whenever she gets a message, she has to get the message three times before she acts on it. Oh, and yeah. that's, you know, and that's I, her method. That's yeah. her method. And I, I don't always do that, but I find that to be a, an effective route because if you keep getting the same thing over and over again, then there must be something. It's a greater to it. chance that mm-hmm. there's something to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's get let's close this up soon, love. Um, do you have any general advice, just off the top of your head, for people who are going through a period of this type of acceleration that we've been discussing? Uh, so what what I was telling my friend who's going through this exact thing right now on the phone is is that we are always protected. We're always safe and we're always protected. And we always know what we need to know when we need to know it. You know, and I I know I already said that on the podcast, but I find that to be a very, very important um, little thing that you can tell yourself when you're in that state of feeling like an urgent thing needs to happen, you know, or yeah. something that sense of urgency or relentlessness or whatever. You always know what you need to know when you need to know it. And that's that's um you can take comfort in that in knowing that when it's time to make the shift, you'll know or time to make a change, you'll know when it needs to happen. Yeah. You know, and and that 
you know, you're always provided for, you're always safe and you're always protected. And there's nothing, there's really nothing to be afraid of, you know, I mean, you can, that doesn't mean that you won't feel anxieties about like making a shift or change, quitting your job or whatever those things are, you know, but they, they, it allows you to take a little bit more comfort in knowing that, okay, whatever happens, I trust. Yeah. Like just saying yes to life. Like Eckhart Tolle says, I think that's puts you in the optimal frequency, optimal state of consciousness where everything will work out in the best possible way yeah. when you're in that flow. Yeah, I love that. Say yes to life. Like my, one of my teachers always says, I say yes to this. Yeah. Like whenever anything's hard, like I would use that in my spin class when I would take spin class. I'd be, it'd be hard and I'd be like, oh, I just want to hop off this bike and this. get out. I'd be like, I say yes, I say yes, I say yes. And that's, that is so helpful when you're in like a challenging bit whatever it is whether it's spin class or learning you know how to deal with an annoying coworker, yeah. you know whatever that means you know saying yes changes yeah. your perspective yeah i'm reading a whole book right now by dr uh david hawkins he he wrote the famous book power versus force but i'm reading the book let the it's called letting go mm-hmm. and it's all about that it's all about just saying yes to life mm-hmm. saying yes to your emotional state but so i like that so my advice would be to really just like patty said go with the flow but like i find like when i'm in a bind or when i don't know what's best i literally can go into my heart space and Mm -hmm. feel like like what's like the sincere genuine like heartfelt approach to this and that's like the best that always that always creates the best outcome really Mm -hmm. just being like in a as best you can because you can't always feel loving but as best you can not so much like in your head because it can be hard when you basically it's almost like you watch the puzzle of your life get broken up and torn apart and then you you just your mind wants to put it back together Mm -hmm. and your mind could force it back together but your higher self knows a better way to to put those puzzle pieces and if you are in that sort of sincerity that heart-centered go with the flow say yes to life attitude knowing you'll know what you need to know when you need you need to know it then the puzzle pieces can fall into place at the perfect time that will blow your mind with yeah. like the masterpiece that your life can whip itself into yeah um and, and I, it's just a, it's an art it's a, it's a skill yeah. that we're all learning to really go with the flow of life but mm-hmm. that is the key yeah to not if you find yourself needing to make a choice to alleviate your anxiety that choice is probably not going to help you you're mm-hmm. probably going to create more stress for yourself yeah and even though you're you're just desperate to figure it out yeah you gotta just chill out as hard as it is yeah i i also want to add to that um it it's really important to find your outlet for grounding and um before you make any big decisions make sure that you've done that before you know so you can really get into that space of that heartfelt space like that you're talking about because if you are all stressed out about work or money or the kids are being loud or whatever whatever the the issue is for you and you sit down and you're like I'm in my heart space I'm in my heart space okay I gotta make this decision now but if you go and you be in nature and get yourself into that relaxed or or out of resistance out of contraction yeah I used to knit and I would just sit and I would knit and that would put me in my in a meditative state and 
And then once you are done with that, then you can more clearly see it from a higher perspective instead of just the mind. You're seeing it from your heart's consciousness. Yes. Yeah. It's just like Albert, Albert Einstein always says, like you can't solve a problem from the state of consciousness in which it was created. Mm-hmm. And this happened to me right before we go. Um, when I was really bound up. It was about the house, mm-hmm. trying to get this house. Yeah. And I was really in my head, really stressing out about it. And I literally felt intuitively guided to smoke a little ganja. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally had like the download just freaking take a take a hit off your freaking vaporizer i don't smoke weed very much um but i just i just knew that was going to help and, and it did it put me in a different state of awareness it kind of alleviated my stress and then i felt guided to jump on this new trampoline that my aaron and patty got me for my birthday and i was jumping on this trampoline and uh just i felt my i felt my consciousness shift i felt it expand out of this stress and contraction mm-hmm. and, and control and then all of a sudden i was flooded with these insights flooded with clarity flooded with downloads and it was because i i just i knew I was not in a good state of consciousness and it was just not going to work for me. No good was going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. I had to shift my energy and my state. Mm-hmm. And then I did and things worked out. So yeah. anyways, I know we kind of went a little bit all over the place here, but it's a very multifaceted sort of experience to to awaken in this accelerated way. Mm-hmm. And I felt all the things we touched upon were, were uh, relevant and, and, and deserving of their own little sp- spiel and talk. Yeah, well, and I mean people that have been going through the spiritual awakening even for a while now they're still feeling the intensity of what's going on with the collective for you know sure. and and the universe is has provided the perfect opportunity for us to go inward yep whether or not we choose to do that but that's it's literally like what the universe wants is for us to do that and so it's creating a situation outside of us that's making that uh, more possible. Yeah, and this too is good. This uh-huh. is helpful. All the problems that you're facing are your helpers, are your teachers, are helping you expand into a higher version of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you take responsibility for your own life, your own emotions, your own everything, mm-hmm. and see what it, what is it reflecting within you, mm-hmm. you look at it and you own your you own your life, you own and take responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's key. So anyways, my friends, it's good to be back. We're going to, yeah. we have some other cool uh, a podcast topics that were sort of shared with us on my Instagram account. I sometimes will put out a little, like a little, a little uh, questionnaire, like what do you guys want to learn about? So I got a whole bunch of the cool topics. Me and Patty felt it was important to take a break though, which is why we did. Yeah. We needed. We had to honor. Yeah. I don't feel, we started to feel us. kind of pressured to make an episode just for the sake of it. And I would, it would have been me kind of talking out of my ass about topics just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So. I think there's a quality here we want to maintain and the way we do that is by going with the flow of our own life and letting yes. our intuition tell us when it's time to make an episode. Mm-hmm. So I know I would love it if it was more consistent, consistent for you yeah. all. I know that'd be convenient, but I, I really believe it's best that we just do it in what feels right for us. And that's, yeah. again, I, I think you would see a quality dip if we were just to force things out. Yeah, I mean, you were no good to anyone if we're trying to put out information while we're processing something because we're not fully present if we're yeah. if we're dealing with a bunch of shit we're really yeah. just um here talking at you instead of being present and like saying the things that are, are necessary that come in like it's important especially for me because i don't take any notes um maybe once or twice i've actually taken notes during the podcast or before and um so it's really important for me to be clear um, 
because otherwise it just comes out a big jumbled mess or I'm silent. And it's yeah, all or you're not talking. very talkative. Yeah. 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 But anyways, my friends, we're going to bounce. It's been great <laughs> talking to you. I wish you all nothing but the best. Have an amazing week. And we'll be seeing you. Or be, you'll be hearing from us soon. Yeah. Much love to you all. Peace. Namaste.